He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and today we are finishing our discussion of the prophet by khalil gibran at least i'm pretty sure we're going to we're entering the last chapter if you'd like to read along with me the book is now in the public domain just look for the prophet by khalil gibran and you should be able to find it fairly easily and on that note let's go to the text and now it was evening and almitra the seeress said blessed be this day in this place and your spirit that has spoken and he answered was it i who spoke was i not also a listener and then he descended the steps of the temple and all the people followed him and he reached the he reached his ship and stood upon the deck and facing the people again he raised his voice and said people of orphalese the wind bids me leave you less hasty am i than the wind yet i must go we wanderers, ever seeking the lovelier way, begin no day where we have ended another day. And no sunrise finds us where sunset left us. Even while the earth sleeps, we travel. We are the seeds of a tenacious plant, and it is in our ripeness and our fullness of heart that we are given to the wind and are scattered. Brief were my days among you, and briefer still the words I have spoken. But should my voice fade in your ears and my love vanish in your memory, then I will come again. And with a richer heart and lips more yielding to the spirit will I speak. Yea, I shall return with the tide, and though death may hide me, and the greater silence enfold me, yet again I, yet again will I seek your understanding, and not in vain will I seek. If aught I have said is truth, that truth shall reveal itself in a clearer voice, and in words more kin to your thoughts. I go with the wind, people of Orphalese, but not down into emptiness. And if this day is not a fulfillment of your needs and my love, then let it be a promise till another day. Man's deeds change, but not his love nor his desire that his love should satisfy his needs. Know, therefore, 
that from the greater silence I shall return. The mist that drifts away at dawn, leaving but dew in the fields, shall rise and gather into a cloud and shall fall down in rain. And not unlike the mist have I been. In the stillness of the night, I have walked in your streets, and my spirit has entered your houses, and your heartbeats were in my heart, and your breath was upon my face, and I knew you all. I, I knew your joys and your pain, and in your sleep, your dreams were my dreams. And oftentimes I was among you, a lake among the mountains. I mirrored the summits in you and the bending slopes, and even the passing flocks of your thoughts and your desires. And to my silence came the laughter of your children in streams and the longing of your youths in rivers. And when they reached my depth, the streams and rivers ceased not yet to sing. But sweeter still than laughter and greater than longing came to me. It was the boundless in you, the vast man in whom you are all but cells and sinew. He in whose chant all your singing is but a soundless throbbing. It is in the vast man that you are vast, and in beholding him that I beheld you and loved you. For that distance can I re sorry, for that distances, for what distances can love reach that are not in the vast sphere? What visions, what expectations, and what presumptions can outsoar that flight? Like a giant oak tree covered with apple blossoms is the vast man in you. His might binds you to the earth, his fragrance lifts you into space, and his durability, you are deathless. You have been told that even like a chain, you are as weak as your weakest link. This is but half the truth. You are also as strong as your strongest link. To measure you by your smallest deed is to reckon the power of the ocean by the frailty of its foam. To judge you by your failures is to cast blame upon the seasons for their inconsistency. Aye, you are like an ocean, and though heavy grounded ships await the tide upon your shores, yet even like an ocean you cannot hasten your tides, and like the seasons you are also, and though in your winter you deny your spring, 
Yet spring, reposing within you, smiles in her drowsiness, and is not offended. Think not, I say, these things in order that you may say the one to the other. He praised us well. He saw but good in us. I only speak to you in words of that which you yourselves know in thought. And what is word? Knowledge, but a shadow of wordless knowledge. Your thoughts and my words are waves from a sealed memory that keep records of our yesterdays and of the ancient days when the earth knew not us nor herself, and the nights when earth was unwrought with confusion. I'm going to stop there for a moment because the whole point of this book, if you haven't noticed, has been the prophet speaking, if you will, in a Socratic discourse, but being your voice. See, his entire insight, the the secret, if you will, behind all of the text, all of the stories, is that through love, compassion, and silent mindfulness, all truth is already within you, all beauty is already within you, and through your attempts to seek it out and bring it forth into this world, you are allowing light and life and God to flow through you. That in our interconnectedness, we already have all of the wisdom that we need. If only we would visit that silent place where the wordless wisdom can come to us and we can understand what it is that we should do. It is not for us to judge others. It is not for us to judge ourselves. It is to dance in the wind, not hiding anything of who we are. Because we change as the tree changes. The water flows through us, the stream flows on, and sometimes it goes over the rocks and its surface is disturbed, and sometimes over the smooth sand. And it looks as soft and placid as a lake. In remembering these times and seasons and these changes within us, we seek out and find the truth in our own hearts. We find the wisdom within ourselves to do the things that we ought to do. To do the things that we are here to do. And we remember that in the silences that fill so much of our days, there is wisdom and beauty. And so we listen to the prophet not to be flattered, not to go, oh, what a good person am I? Did he not speak of us well? It is not the job of the prophet to speak of us well or to condemn us, but to hold up a mirror to show to us what we truly are. And this is all that the prophet has done. Throughout all that we have learned and all that we have talked about through this book, Deep down inside, part of us already knew 
everything that we were to talk about and everything that we were here to meet about. We just needed to be reminded. We needed to be set free from the distractions that keep us from living in that place. Free as the wind in spirit and truth, in wisdom and compassion, in joy. And as we walk through our days, as we live well, peace and long life are not promised to any. But evil is not guaranteed to any either. This is the glorious message of the prophet. Wise men, the prophet continues, have come to you and giving you of their wisdom. I came to take of your wisdom. And behold, I have found that which is greater than wisdom. It is the flame, it is a flame spirit in you, ever gathering more of itself while you, heedless of its expansion, bewailing the withering of your days. It is life in quest of life in bodies that fear the grave. There are no graves here. These mountains and plains are a cradle and a stepping stone. Whenever you pass by a field where you have laid your ancestors, look well thereupon, and you shall see yourself and your children dancing hand in hand. Verily, you often make merry without knowing. Others have come to you to whom for, for golden promises made unto you faith. You have given but riches and power and glory. Less than a promise have I given, and yet more generous have you been to me. You have given me my deeper thirsting after life. Surely there is no greater gift to a man than that which turns all his aims into parching lips, and all life into a fountain. And in these, I'm sorry, and in this lies my honor and my reward, that whenever I come to the fountain to drink, I find the living water itself thirsty, and it drinks me while I drink it. And this is what we are learning the mutuality of all things, the interconnectedness of all things. And in that interconnection, here we are, my sisters and brothers, ever at peace, seeking wisdom and compassion. We will continue this more after the break. Returning to the text. Thank you for coming back. Here we go. Some of you have deemed me proud and over-shy to receive gifts. Too proud indeed am I to receive your wages, but not gifts. And though I have eaten berries amongst the hills, when you would have 
had me sit at your board and slept in the portico of the temple when you would gladly have me sheltered. Yet it is not your loving mindfulness in my days and my nights that made food sweet to my mouth and girded my sleep with visions. For this I bless you most. You give much and know not that you give at all. Fearly the kindness that gazes upon itself in a mirror turns to stone. And a good deed that calls itself by tender names becomes the parent to a curse. And some of you have called me aloof and drunk with my own aloneness. And you have said, he holds counsel with the trees of the forest, but not with men. He sits alone on hilltops and looks down upon our city. True it is that I have climbed the hills and walked in remote places. How could I have seen you, save from the great height or a great distance? And how can one be indeed near unless he be far? And others among you calling unto me, not in words. And they say, Stranger, stranger, lover of unreachable heights, why dwell you amongst the summits where eagles build their nests? Why seek you the unattainable? What storms would you trap in your net? And what vaporous birds do you hunt in the sky? Come and be one of us. Descend and appease your hunger with our bread and quench your thirst with our wine. In the solitude of their souls, they said these things. And were their solitude deeper, they would have known that I sought but the secret of your joy and your pain. And I hunted only your larger selves that walk the sky. But the hunter was also the hunted. For many of my arrows left my bow only to seek my own breast. And the flyer was also the creeper. For my wings were spread in the sun. For when my wings were spread in the sun, their shadow upon the earth was a turtle. And I, the believer, was also the doubter. For often I put my finger in my own wound that I might have a greater belief in you and a greater knowledge of you. And it is with this belief and this knowledge that I say, you are not enclosed within your bodies nor confined to houses or fields. That which you that which is you dwells above the mountains and roves with the wind it is not a thing that crawls into the sun for warmth or digs holes in darkness for safety but a thing free a spirit that envelops the earth and moves in the ether if these be vague words then seek not 
to clear them. Vague and nebulous is the beginning of all things, and not their end. And if I fain would have you remember me as a beginning, life and all that lives is conceived in the midst and not in the crystal. And who knows but a crystal is mist in decay. That's just beautiful. In this wonderful recap, we've talked about this in so many episodes throughout the series. That to find wisdom, you must first enter into that cloud of unknowing, that place of uncertainty, where you admit that you do not know. And only when you consign yourself to unknowing can you start to actually find answers. Returning to the text. This would I have you remember in remembering me. That which seems most feeble and bewildering to you is the strongest and most determined. It is not your breath that has erected and hardened the structure of your bones. It is not a dream which none of you remember having dreamt. That built your city and fashioned all the there is in it. Could you but see the tides of the breath, you would cease to see all else. And if you could hear the whispering of the dream, you would hear no other sound. But you do not see, nor do you hear, and it is well. The veil that clouds your eyes shall be lifted by the hand that wove it, and the clay that fills your ears shall be pierced by those fingers that needed it. And you shall see, and you shall hear, yet you shall not deplore having been having known blindness, nor regret having been deaf. For in that day when you shall know the hidden purposes of all things, and you shall bless darkness as you would bless light. After saying these things, he looked around him, and he saw the pilot of his ship standing by the helm, and gazing now at the full sails, and now at the distance. And he said, Patient over patient is the captain of my ship. The wind blows, and restless are the sails. Even the rudder begs direction, yet quietly my captain awaits my silence. And these are mariners, and these, my mariners, who have heard the choir of the greater sea, they too have heard me patiently. Now they shall wait no longer. I am ready. The stream has reached the sea, and once more the great mother holds her son against her breast. Fare you well, people of Orphalese. This day has ended. And in closing upon us, even as the water lily upon its own tomorrow, 
what was given us here we shall keep. And if it suffices not, then again we must come together and together stretch our hands unto the giver. Forget not that I shall come back to you a little while, and my longing shall gather dust and foam for another body. And a little while, a moment of rest upon the wind, and another woman shall bear me. Farewell to you and the youth I have spent with you. It is but yesterday we met in a dream. You have sung to me in my aloneness, and I, in your longings, have built a tower in the sky. But now our sleep has fled and our dream is over, and it is no longer dawn. The noontide is upon us, and half our waking has turned to fuller day, and we must part. If, in the twilight of memory, we shall meet once more, we shall speak again together, and you shall sing to me a deeper song. And if our hands shall meet in another dream, we shall build another tower in the sky. So saying, he made a signal to the seamen, and straightway they weighed anchor and cast the ship loose from its moorings. And they moved eastward, and a cry came from the people as from a single heart, and it rose into the dusk and was carried over the sea like a great trumpeting. Only Almutra was silent, gazing after the ship until it vanished into the mist. And when all the people were dispersed, she still stood alone upon the seawall, remembering in her heart his saying, A little while, a moment of rest upon the wind, and another woman shall bear me. And that's it. That's the prophet. It is a beautiful book. It is wonderfully written. And I think we've gotten a lot of very good discussion out of it. It is a book that I read many, many years ago in my own youth, and a book that opened my eyes to so many things that I had not seen before. I really hope you've enjoyed our time going through it and our time reading it. And I invite you to take it into your life and occasionally to read it again. Quite honestly, it's one of those precious books to me that throughout my life I've read it and reread it, and even this time reading it through with you all, I've discovered new things, I've seen new things, and it has given me so much to think about that I had not considered before. And that is the sign of a good book, and it is a sign of much wisdom. The message of the prophet is simple. Learn to embrace the silence. Do not judge Stand naked before the sun and the wind, and be not ashamed of who you are. You are a great spirit that walks in the clouds, that soars high above the earth as your shadow moves on the ground. In peace, compassion, and love, there is nothing impossible for us. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast or both, please do that. That helps me out a lot. That tells the algorithm to share me with more people. If you got a buck you can throw my way, please do so. You can either click the link that says support, or if you don't see that in the show notes, there's a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support at the one, five or ten dollar levels. When you join me in this this work, it really does help out a lot. It helped me get some many much needed resources, including the new mic that I'm talking to you on, which I think sounds a lot better, and I hope you do too. If you don't have any money or you don't feel like giving right now, that's all right. All you have to, I do ask though that you pray for me, that you include me in your prayers. Your prayers have power. And if you don't believe me, I just did an episode called The Prophet on Prayer. Go back, listen to it, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. And if you know anybody that you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. I'd like to get more people discussing these things. I don't do this podcast for money. I do it because I love talking about matters of the spirit. I have an idea of what we're going to be talking about going forward now that we've finished The Prophet. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like discussed on the show, please go to anchor.fm, download the Anchor app, follow Wisdom's Cry on there, and click the voice message button. You can leave me up to a one-minute message, keep it clean, and I'll use it on the show. I really do like doing episodes based off of your questions and comments, and I would really like to do that. So... Please take a moment to do that if you would. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom and compassion. Amen.